Someone woke up this morning in this house and was weeping. You had tears in your eyes because of a dream that you had, and it was vivid and it was real. But what God is showing you in that dream is that he's changing everything that caused heartache in your life. He's changing that right now. And he's asking you to move forward into the realm of worship, of conveying your love to others, of your love to God. Because he has given you the absolute ability. He's given you the strength. He's given you the courage to walk in these things. And when we grab a hold of these things, in the sense of what God showed you as that individual, but I'm now talking to uh, the church, the collectively, the church, I want you to recognize is God is doing something very unique in you. Very unique. Breakthrough is now. It's not just tomorrow, it's now. Breakthrough is absolutely right on for you. Understand that. Believe that. Let patience have her perfect work that you may lack and want nothing. It is not hoping for something. It is believing that God loves you so much that he's going to take you to that place, that dream, that vision, that mission that you have. Your family is whole in Jesus' name. Your body is healed in Jesus' name. God is taking you to greater levels. And much of the breakthrough is understanding God's love and then returning that love back to him. We're going to conclude this series called Love Conveyed. Our premise has always been in this series, what does the love of God and understanding of his love produce? What will come out of you, what will satisfy you is the reality of the love of God being conveyed out of you. And to God, we found that's worship. Conveying love to God is worship to God. And worship moves into realms of your life that you've never expected uh, of transformation or change and it will break every yoke. We read the story in the series of the 10 lepers actually last week from Luke chapter 17. We're going to read that in a moment. But again, I found three things that produced a worship that was conveyed from the one that came back. Because all 10 were healed, but one came back and conveyed that love and expressed that love to Jesus. He came back and he loved God because it came out of his heart. And watch this. We're going to talk about this because of a miracle. How many of you have experienced miracles from God? Amen. 
Have you forgotten that miracle? Does it still cause, and how many use this, no such thing, but spiritual goosebumps? Because God does amazing things for you and for me. Remember this man that came back that was leprous but was healed. The Bible says that he was made whole. His faith made him whole. His belief system of the reason why he was healed is because God loved him. The Greek word is sozo. So let's read again the story of the ten lepers, beginning with verse 11 of Luke 17. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, very important, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, a Gentile. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Were there not ten healed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well, sozo. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, has made you well. Your belief in me as God, your healer, has made you whole. Not only physically, But his spirit, he he became born again. Now, I want you to understand that. Of course, this is before second chapter of Acts, all the different things. But bottom line, he was, Jesus used this word sozo, that he was fully whole. And I want to say to you that the proclamation of the love of God to you is that you are sozo. If you are born again, you are fully whole. And you can expect the breakthrough in every area of your life. Not because you're better than anybody else, but it's because you believe in the specific love of God, that God is love. We know who God is. We've learned through the years in our walk with God of all the different attributes of God. But I want to tell you, when you understand the love of God, He is love. That is who He is, love. And when you grab a hold of that, there is fullness, there is wholeness, 
that manifest in your life because you understand the love he conveyed first to us through Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting, full, saved life. And that's you and me. And so to live life without really expressing or conveying a thankfulness to God is, is interesting. And, and I have found through the years that the greatest battle you and I have is measuring what life has brought and who God is. We have a tendency to bring God into life and saying, this is God's will, this is what God has for me, instead of understanding that everything that God gives is out of love for you, for you to succeed. So the first thing we found that I found in the story is that gratitude produce or produces worship. Remember that last week I gave you the first thing. And we're going to cover the next couple today, but let's just go over that again. Remember I gave you seven Hebrew words <clears throat> for worship, of conveying worship, of expressing worship, of, of being worshipful, of being a worshiper. It is such a key of being a person of worship, of allowing and availing yourself to the Lord but gratitude produces worship, a thankfulness for what God did for you. And I know some of you through the years, God's done these miraculous things in your life. And I'm asking you again as your pastor, have you forgotten those things? Have you forgotten the emotion of what God has done for you? Or, or is it like we've segmented, uh, segmented our lives and God did something here, and now something else needs to happen. Now something new, a new car, a, you know, a new house, a, a new girlfriend, a new boyfriend, a new this, a new that. And it's, everything's got to be new. But I want to tell you, in kingdom life, don't forget what God's done. Don't forget what he's conveyed to you in this life what he's done for you. You might be right in the middle of the greatest tribulation of your life, the greatest difficulty of your life. But if you remember what God has done for you, how God has answered prayer. Well, I don't believe God answered this prayer. If you remember that God answered a prayer maybe 10 years ago, maybe yesterday, and keep that heart of gratitude <clears throat> which produces worship in the midst sometimes of the greatest difficulties of your life. Because the enemy wants you to forget. Forget God's love. See, when we forget and we stop living a life of gratitude towards God, that means we, we have forgotten the very things that he's done through the years. Again, I gave you these seven Hebrew words for worship, <clears throat> and the first one was todah, and it's a Thanksgiving choir. Barak 
is to kneel in thanksgiving. Tequila, I mean tequila, to sing a thanksgiving song. Halal, to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. Some people have said, you know, during worship, sometimes I feel foolish. Good. Good, that's okay. That's okay. If you ever see me dance, and I do periodically, I look foolish. But that's okay, because I'm enjoying God. Yada, it means to give thanks with extended hands. Notice again, everything is about being thankful, having gratitude. Zamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. And Shabbat is to give thanks in a loud tone, meaning to shout to the Lord. So remember again, what God is really showing us in this series is that worship is very important. Praise is very important in your walk with God, in the things that you do. And then remember last week, I I did tell you, and this is very important that you understand that, I'm not trying to make you like me in worship. And I don't need to be like you. But we need to worship. And we need to come in with such excitement, even if there's heavy hearts, even if there's even sickness and you need prayer. By the way, in Jesus' name, you're healed. The power of God is moving in this place and has been. But the way you express the love of God, it's not just what you have to understand. It is an expression of gratitude. It brings you into a place of forgetting yourself and saying, you know, this is really not about me. The reason why I'm where I'm at is because of you. And I'm so thankful So what I'm saying is I want every person to express, to convey your love to God, especially when we gather. The Bible talks about where two or three are gathered together that he is in our midst. And that's why when people begin, I'm here early in the morning, and people begin to come in, I get excited because I know There's more than two or three, and we're gathered together, and God's presence is here. And there's something powerful about that. It causes loneliness to leave. It causes insecurity to leave. It causes a reality of what what it really means to be this man or this woman of God. It's not really about what you're doing. It's what you're becoming. That's worship. So here's my thoughts with our first point. We all want to be worshipers. But we must remember what produces worship. It's gratitude. The first thing we talked about last week, again, uh, is that gratitude. It is being a person. And when I I figured this out years ago... um, I'm not a complainer. I'm a type A personality, and I like things to be in, you know, where it needs to be. But I'm not a complainer. And let me say it this way. 
I'm not a complainer anymore. (laughs) Because I so appreciate what God's done for me. Even though right now, or yesterday, or last year, or 10 years ago, I had some great difficulty in my life. You, were, you had the same story. Because the Bible says, in this, this world, you will have tribulation. With those sirens, whatever's going on, in Jesus' name, touch that person. I want every person to worship. This healed leper conveyed his love to Jesus because he was grateful. So, as we understood the reality of of the gratitude here, let me ask you this. For the second point, what produces gratitude? Have you ever thought of that? What produces gratitude? According to this story that Jesus was using, miracles produce gratitude. So if gratitude produces worship, and that is one of the major things that God has set apart for us to be worshipers, then we must understand if miracles produce worship, then God's got in line miracles for you. I want you to realize that. Don't, don't, you know, when people come to me and say, well, you know, how long do I need to pray? It's not how long you need to pray. It's when you're going to believe. When are you going to sit down? And, and I'm not talking down to anybody here. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to the new church that is watching us this evening. I'm talking to everybody. When are we going to start believing the love of God, that he has set things in order in the kingdom of God to do these miraculous things in our life and produce such prosperity? And every time I say that word, we always think about money. But it covers every area of our life. Luke 17, 15 makes it clear. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Return. When he saw that a miracle took place, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God. So many times we don't realize the extent of a miracle in our life. Something happens, we're excited about it, then we go on to the next thing. And we struggle in, in the, this gratitude. But let me just kind of share with you in the day, Jesus' day, Leprosy is a disease that they thought for years that it caused the flesh to rot. Now, because of what the disease does, there is a part of that, but that's not why the people died in the day of Jesus. What would happen is they would... uh, get leprosy, and leprosy kills and deadens the nerve endings. So automatically, because you can't feel, they will bang into things, living in caves, living out 
side of houses because they weren't allowed because it was contagious. And they would scratch themselves. They would hurt themselves. They would bleed. And in them days, I know you don't want to hear this, but in them days, they would go to sleep and they wouldn't feel anything and rats would come and chew on their sores. And what would happen is they would wake up and then a rat had chewed and, and eaten away at their flesh. It's very grotesque. It's awful what takes place. And so when they were eating this, the open wounds, then the disease and all kinds of things would come in and literally they wouldn't die of the leprosy, they would die of other diseases. It's, it's so unbelievable to understand the heartache of this disease. In this disease, in Jesus' day, there was no cure. If you were a leper, you couldn't hold a job. You would have to quit your job. And in them days, they didn't have help, government help. You couldn't be around other people because, again, it's very contagious. So automatically, not only that disease would cause and create uh, something in your body where you would die soon and it looked like you were rotting away, but rats would eat and all kinds of things and the smell. It would draw animals and a lot of them, because they were outside the city, they would be killed by wild animals and eaten. You actually had to keep a certain distance away from people. And if someone was walking around and they didn't see you, before they would get close to you, you'd have to yell, unclean! There are a lot of people in life today that don't have leprosy, that that's the way they feel about themselves. But understand, they had to do that. They had to separate from their family. If they were married, they'd have to separate from their spouse. They couldn't go to any more ball games, soccer games. No more recitals. You could never hold your spouse again. You could never hug anyone or kiss your kids goodnight. The emotional trauma the difficulty of the person and what they're facing. Bottom line, you didn't die yet, but you lost your life. And we have to understand is this is a reality that took place. The law stated if someone did see you, you had to yell unclean. And if you didn't do it, you could be arrested and killed for it. It was kind of like the COVID of the day. Now, if there was anyone in our church that would have to yell unclean, if you really want to think about life, that's me. But one day, Jesus came by, and in the same way the guy was healed, I got healed, so so I got saved. 
There was disease running rampant. There was sin running rampant in my life. And if you would be honest, your life too. I have been saved. I'll show you my age again. 48 years. 49 years. But have I forgotten what God delivered me from? Lepers were doomed to death. I was living my life as a dead person, not alive in Christ. I was walking in that lifestyle. It was about me. I wanted, as, as we found out the devil's desire, as he wanted everyone to worship him. I wanted to be that baseball star. I wanted to be that person. I was rising up in sports. I was doing all these. People were writing about me in the paper. Oh, that looked good. But I was unclean until I found Jesus Christ. And to this day, I never forget what God did for me, how he changed my life, how he's changed your life. If you're not born again today, he can change it right now. A miracle is there. You shall be saved if you believe in him. We were lost in sin and shame. Cast out, doomed to die as a leper. But I received the miracle of salvation. So I, for 49 years and for the rest of my life, I will convey my love to God. I will worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will be that man because of the miracle that took place. Some people might say, well, I haven't had a miracle. If you're born again, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Let's bring it to modern day. A guy gets his life back. He gets his career back. He gets his family back. He can watch his kids grow up. He might even get married. They get good careers. His marriage is good. That is what we must understand is that miracles produce this gratitude. And I want you to recognize that God has done so much for you. And sometimes we don't even recognize it. We don't even see it. We forget. Maybe 30 years have passed since you got your life back, since you've been born again. 
one day you're walking down the street and Jesus appears before you. Would it be right? Would it be okay if you still fell at your feet, at his feet, and worshiped him? And shouted with a loud voice, Jesus, I love you. Christianity today, we base our gratitude to God on just all the little frivolous things of life instead of really realizing what he has really done for you. He has given his life for you. He has given everything he had for you. And then he says, now you are free to attain and succeed in every area that I called you to. You're a miracle. Hello. (laughs) You're a miracle. Amen. I want to pause there for a second. Do you realize that you're a miracle? Right now, you are a miracle. So again, is it appropriate to fall down and worship him? To say thank you after 30 years, after 49 years? Is it appropriate? Absolutely it is. Again, where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst. Jesus is here. Anybody want to say thank you to him right now? Go ahead. Just say thank you to him. So again, when we gather at the church, it's very appropriate that we can convey our love to him, to worship him. Now, I'm still following this thought pattern that brought this series. I want everyone to be a worshiper. And what produces worship is gratitude. What produces gratitude is the miracles, especially saved. You are whole because you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And now you walk in the growing part of that, the, the discipleship aspect, the mentoring aspect of that. But you have to understand, everything that is needed to succeed in life has already been given because it's been given out of love. So miracles produce gratitude. If you are experiencing breakthrough, are you grateful? Are you grateful for what God's done? So here's my next thought. Well, what produces miracles? Let me go over it again. 
I want everybody to be a worshiper, to come back and to worship him. Gratitude produces worship. Miracles produce gratitude. Again now, what produces miracles? According to the story in Luke 17, watch this, third point. Obedience produces miracles. Obedience produces miracles. Verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice, as they went, they were cleansed. The Holy Spirit is really just throwing a lot of things at me. And matter of fact, you can ask Michelle, I've been writing a lot of messages, and um, he just told me something that I need to put in my next series. But he's also told me something else. If you're able to, can you stand with me? And, and you know how I am and how I teach and how I preach all the above. But I want to ask you, just nodding of the head, and if, if you don't, don't nod your head. That's I want you to be honest. But are you getting what I'm saying here today? Okay? You're getting that. Okay. Knowing the love of God. Knowing who he is. Knowing what he's done for you. Do you know that? Okay. Are you thankful? Is there gratitude in your heart? Do you understand you're a miracle? Do you understand God has done miracles for you? Do you understand he will do miracles for you? Okay, now here's what God, the Holy Spirit, is wanting us to do. So I want to pray for you because you believe all that and you live all that. In Jesus' name, I proclaim an absolute anointing that causes us to take what we are just about to learn and we're going to take that and express it all over the world. We will express it with our mouth. We'll express it with our actions. We'll express it with our wallets and our purses. We'll express it with, with absolute receptivity to the things of the Lord. And Father, teach us what can hinder these things to be complete in our life. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just proclaim an absolute overwhelming wholeness sozo all over our lives now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Now, notice as they went, in other words, they obeyed. They could have said, we're not going because the law 
says we need to be healed first before we go to the priest. When Jesus said that, they were not healed at that moment or they did not see the healing because there needed an action to be taken for it to manifest. Not they needed to have more faith, they needed to have more you know, strength, and they needed to worship more, they needed to have more gratitude, but there needed to be an action that needed to take, and the action was to, to act on Jesus' words. Follow the thought. Jesus said, go to the priest and show him. And immediately all ten said, okay, and started walking. Then the Bible tells us, then they got healed. It's all through the Bible. Okay, what about the Red Sea? They get up to the Red Sea, all of Israel and some of the friends they brought, and they turn around, and Pharaoh's people, soldiers, are right there going to go after them. And so... What does God say? Moses, take your staff and hold it up. Now, that ain't going to defeat an enemy. Yeah, it is. It will defeat an enemy in your life if you are in obedience to what God asks you to do, even if it's foolish. But remember, it's the Word of God. We have the Word of God. And, and follow my thought, because I'm, I'm really trying to peel away, and I'm going to use an onion here. I'm really trying to peel away at the onion, because sometimes when you try to peel an onion, it's hard on the, on the outside, and, and, and it's difficult to do it properly. Sometimes, because of life, we become hard in our Christianity. Your pastor loves you. You know why I say that? Because I've been there. I've been there. Has anyone ever said, that ain't never going to happen to me again? You ever said that? Okay. Some of you are honest. They get to the Red Sea. God tells Moses what to do. See, God's part is the miracle. Your part is the obedience part. When they go into the promised land, they get to the Jordan and watch this, Joshua is following Moses. God told Moses to take the, his staff and put it up, and then God parted the Red Sea, right? Well, he goes to Joshua. Okay, Joshua, I'm going to check you out. That's what God said. I wasn't there, but I heard he said that. <laughs> Anyways, he said, I'm going to check you out. He said, all right, Joshua, I want you to step your foot into the water. The story goes, he steps his foot in the water, okay, the priest, and the water separates. It's obedience. It's not, it's not, oh, well, this happened to Moses, so that's how it's going to work. That's how I'm going to get a miracle. You get your miracle because in your life, in your gratitude, in your worship, that you are hearing the voice of God. And you are obedient to the things of God. And that 
is what literally produces the miracles in your life. Every time in Scripture, you will see that God speaks, they obey, and a miracle takes place. So let me now show you the passage before the story of the lepers because we are talking about obedience here as a third point. But the story of the lepers was Jesus teaching the disciples this prominent thing in life is obedience to God's word. Obedience to what God says. And and so let's read that in the same chapter, Luke 17, but it starts with verse one. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Jesus talks to the offender here and says, it will bring judgment on you if you're walking around offending people. All right? Then he talks to the offended. The ones that have received the offense from someone else. Verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. All right, I like that. Tell him he's wrong. Right? See, see, God doesn't tell you to sit around and wait for people to beat you up all the time. That's not what God's saying. Let me read it again. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles, verse 5, said to the Lord, increase our faith. So what Jesus is doing, he's teaching a teaching on forgiveness and obedience to the kingdom of God and, and the kingdom of God's ways. All right? So he goes, okay, guys, listen. You're going to get offended. There are going to be people that will hurt you. If you breathe, you're going to have people hurt you. Then he says, people shouldn't do that, but they do. And then he goes, let me say this to you. If you get offended, if someone does something against you, I want you to forgive them. The disciples responding says, okay, we can do that. We can forgive people. That's cool. Then the Lord says, I have more about that. But if they do it seven times the same day and then come to you and ask for forgiveness, I still want you to forgive them. So the disciples, they huddle, you know. That was before football started, but they huddled. And they began talking about that and says, okay, guys, we're going to need more faith to do that. Now watch what Jesus says here. Jesus responded, tying it together. He says, so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, 
You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Notice the word obey. It's talking about forgiveness now. Now listen to this, verse 7. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, to his servant, prepare something for my supper, even though he worked all day? And gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, then you will be able to eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. In the New Living Translation, let me read it, and then I'm going to explain. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are not worthy of praise. We are servants who have simply done our duty. Combine this with everything that has just happened. When someone offends you, forgive them. The disciples respond, okay, we'll do that. Then Jesus says the same person does the same thing seven times in a day and then comes to you, and they say, oh, we need more faith. Jesus says, you don't need more faith, you just need to obey. You don't need to grow up, it needs to be a lifestyle of obedience. Now follow the thought what Jesus is bringing here. And I'm going to show you in a moment. But then he goes into the story of the ten lepers. One comes back and nine don't. And remember when we talked about this last week, we said to you it's kind of like inferring the church who've received their miracle, salvation, saved, but they did not come back and have gratitude and be thankful and walk in obedience in areas of life even though it's hard. Because how many of you know if someone says, you know, oh, I'm sorry I did that this morning. Will you forgive me? Yeah, of course I'll forgive you. And then an hour later they do it. An hour later they do it again. 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 Seven times. And then they come to you. Hey, I'm sorry. What would you do? <laughs> right? Don't, don't, don't look at me that way. But the reality is, is God says, it doesn't take faith. You don't need to go home and pray about it. You don't need to go home and do anything. Now, always pray about all things. Always get in the word about all things. But he's telling the disciples Guys, you got to get to a place. You're going to be a worshiper. Gratitude, all right? On down the line. If you're going to do this, the miracle, for this miracle to take place, you always have to live in a lifestyle of obedience. 
Well, I don't feel like doing that. I know. Let me just tell you, a servant, I know it's hard to talk about these things in today's day, but he's talking about a slave. A slave didn't have a right to say no. And when a slave worked all day long, they'd come home, then they'd prepare the food for the master. Then after that, then they could sit down and eat. Are you seeing the storyline that Jesus is bringing? He's saying to you and me, he's saying, I've saved you. So that you're whole. I've created an atmosphere in my kingdom that you are whole. And miracles will come. You become a worshiper. You love and express your love, gratitude back to me. Miracles will take place, and the reason why miracles breakthrough will continue is because you become a servant to Jesus Christ. And you're obedient to it even though it's unfair. Because I'll tell you what, I've known people that have done that. They, they've come up to me and said, oh, I just love you. You're just so amazing. Thank God for you. And then a week later, I'm their worst enemy. What did I do? I don't know. But the reality is we have to get to a place in our lives where we stay obedient even though offense is right in front of our face to do it God's way. Isn't this good? It changes your life. Then Jesus says, the same person does the same thing seven times. That's why Jesus tells the story of the leopards. Bottom line, I really think in this story, and people might correct me, but I really believe in the story, the words that were used by Jesus, I think he was a little upset with them. Because they're getting cocky. He says strongly, you don't need more faith to forgive. You just need to do what you're told. Have you ever had a parent say, do what I say, not what I do? A lot of parents say that. They do. Amen, they do. But I'll tell you what. Jesus will tell you what he does. He lives it out. Yes, Jesus is our friend, but he's our master too. He's our Lord. We don't need huge faith to forgive. It's obedience. God told us to forgive. That should be all we need is God told me to. Obedience. So the 10 lepers say, have mercy on us. And explaining to the disciples the story of the lepers, let me show you something uh, where you obey. He says, go show yourself to the priest. All 10 were obedient and all 10 were healed physically. You have all these problems in, in your lives, but you have all these problems because you're carrying around, guys, a bunch of unforgiveness and disobedience. 
And when I grabbed a hold of that truth years ago, it has helped me be a better leader. Because I have ministered to, just this past week was ministering to some pastors. They just, one pastor, I'll, I'll just tell you exactly what he said. I know it's going to be on, I'm not saying his name. But he said, to hell with the church. Pastor, I'm sorry if that offends you. But God said, forgive me. But that's what he said. Because he said, they're so freaking mean. Tears streaming down us. Been in ministry 25 years. Devastated. And I spent three hours with him going over this principle. And when I left him, he looked at me straight in the eyes. He said, he said, Gary, he said, I've never had anyone love me like you love me today. And I said his name and I said, so you're not giving up, right? And he said, heck no. He stopped cussing. Yeah. Because if we understand in life, this is what it is. And, and I know, I know, because after a while being born again, you know, stuff goes on in life. Stuff happens. Children, grandchildren, parents, grandparents, cousins, whatever, neighbors, friends, they do stuff. But we have to watch this. I'm, I'm being so gracious and loving to you, but we just got to get over it. We just got to do it. We can't allow this to continue because what it does, we're talking, you know, Dr. Mila has given this prophetic word and other prophetic words. I've read from all over the world and country of this prophetic word, a breakthrough, the, the term used that is happening this decade. And there are many Christians who want it who love God, who desire, they're faithful to the church, they're faithful in tithe, they're faithful in many different things in their life. But bottom line, there are areas of their life, of, of relationship, they're just, they're, they're mad at God. And we cannot get mad at God no matter what goes on. Because God didn't do it. Amen? Can someone smile at me, please? I know this is strong, but it's real. You are a worshiper. Worship breaks through, but you see how this happens. And the bottom line is obedience to the Word of God. Taking the Word of God and what it says. Again, you don't need faith, Jesus says. You just need to do it. He's the one also that brought the servant thing up too. Jesus brought up the servant thing. I believe many times we don't convey our worship to God because we really are not grateful. 
we have forgotten. Sometimes we are mad at God. Why should I lift my hands? Well, I'm going to go to church because that's what I do. Really? Well, you know, so-and-so didn't look at me or didn't say hi to me, so I'm offended, so I'm not going to go to church. Or I'm going to stay away from the courtyard. I'm not going to be around anybody anymore. Really? And, and the reality of this is it really comes back to the individual when Jesus says, where are you? How come you didn't come back to me? Offense comes. Father, I'm so grateful. Even though I'm not perfect, I've been made righteous in you by the blood of Jesus Christ. No matter what happened here, I forgive them. I don't agree with what they did. I despise what they did. It's shameful, but I forgive them, and I release it. Why? It's because I want to bow before you and worship you. I want to clap my hands before you. I want to raise my hands. I want to dance. I want to join people in the courtyard and and just have a, a, a choir just to sing together. And what are you singing together? The great things of God, what God is doing in your life. He's doing amazing things. The world will tell you everybody's against you. Who cares? The world will tell you that because of your skin color, because of the things that you do, the things that you say, you know, that no one likes it. Who cares? You are saved. Born again, walking in the kingdom things. Stop allowing, stop allowing the people out there, even people in church, to keep you away from the blessing of God that comes through gratitude and literal obedience to the King of kings and Lord of lords. When we do it, when we do it, that's where we're at. Oh. For all of you that know me, I love to laugh. I love to get serious. I get serious about the things of God. But I will not allow anybody to keep me from breakthrough because I'm grateful. Miracles happen, and I don't forget them. And miracles will be in my future. Healing, restoration, prosperity, all that is in line for me and for you. But I need to be obedient to God's word. If you could simply obey, we would see the miraculous breakthrough. All this is produced. Why? Because you understand that first, God conveyed his love to you. And I didn't deserve it. I was unclean. But what I did was I believed and I received. 
And now I stay obedient to his word. Let's all stand. Oh, he's got great plans for you, church. He's got great plans for us. He has great plans for your home, for your businesses. Marketplace people, rise up. Be obedient to the things of God and watch God absolutely prosper you. Oh, promotion is at hand. The miraculous, the miraculous is at hand. Healing has arrived many years ago, but it's here now because why? We're going to be a church as we always have been. That's a word church a church that worships God. And we are so grateful. When you walk in these doors, look at your your brother or sister. Be grateful for them. Man, if I know a lot of your stories and you're so cool, you're so amazing, your stories are wonderful. They're miraculous. Look what God's done for you. That's how I feel when I walk in here. And when I leave here, I say, God, show me what I need to do. And when he speaks, I do it. Amen? Let me give you a secret now. I held you a little bit longer because my wife said, can you hold them till 1145? It's 1144. I told her, I said, you know what? I got a lot to say. Good. I'm going to go longer. Were you okay with that? Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, I think the kids, they arrive at 4. And, um, you know, bring your kids at 4 because the water slide outside. We're going to put most everything inside because of the heat. But uh, I just want you to know, this weekend has been amazing, miraculous. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tonight.